0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. For more information about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, visit us at thedoorchurch.net. Now let's worship God by opening his word.
1: Good morning. Uh, My name is Jonathan Birch. Uh, For those of you who are new here, uh, I'm the kids and family minister here at the Door Church. Uh, And we ask as you come in, if you could just please just kind of scooch in so we can make room uh, for others as they come in. Uh, Thank you. Um, Before we jump into the text, I do want to make a a special announcement. Uh, On Sunday, the last Sunday of January, January 28th, we are having our TDC Kids uh, Town Hall from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., so right after uh, the second gathering. Um, this is a a very important event. Uh, If you're a parent of a child, if you're a volunteer, um, if you, if you've seen kids go back there, you know, um, or if you just, if you're here, if you're right here, I'm looking at you, this is, this is for you. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for us to come together as a body and pray uh, and reflect on, on our mission here at TDC Kids, what we do, why we do it. Uh, It's not just daycare, their souls being gospel And we want to come together uh, and pray about what God has for us. Uh, this year, we also want to celebrate uh, our, our TDC kids volunteer team. Um, their there's souls being saved, their seeds being planted, uh, and we want to celebrate that, what, what God is doing. And we also want to share our calendar for 2024, uh, upcoming events that we have coming. We want to make you guys aware of that uh, and also share our needs and discuss any questions or concerns you guys may have. So, TC Town Hall is for all that. Uh, It'll be a great time. Uh, There is an opportunity to to register in our newsletter. Uh, And what registration does, it just helps us plan, especially as as it pertains to kids. We know a lot of you guys have kids, and we we will have child care during that 12 o'clock to one o'clock hour. Uh, So, we want to know how we can um, just accommodate for the kids. And we'll we'll also have pizzas available for the children as well. So, that's not an excuse not to come. You know, you got to feed your kids. We'll have food for your kids. So, please come. Um, if you register or if you don't register just come um, If you, uh, this is going to be something where we'll, we'll be able to be able to see what um, God is doing in TDC kids And really become engaged as a church body uh, with what he's doing All right, so let's let's go ahead and jump into the text this morning We're going to be reading uh, in the book of James uh, And this just uh, James is between Hebrews uh, and first Peter so book of James Chapter 4 and we're gonna be looking at verses 13 through 17 That's James chapter four, verses 13 through 17. Text says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are here today, that you have given us life, uh, breath in our lungs, blood in our veins, to be here and to, to sit under your word. I pray uh, for Scott. I pray that the word he's, that he preaches is your word. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear it, uh, that it may minister to us and, and may it show us the, the beauty of, of your your sovereignty, the beauty of your grace. And may we just rest and be at peace uh, under what uh, we have in Christ. Uh, you are a king uh, and you um, you know what you're doing and we thank you. Um, just be with us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: There I am, there I am. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, If you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor, and I have the privilege to be on the preaching team, and uh, just super grateful that you're here this morning. we, we've had two fairly full gatherings, uh, praise God, on Sunday. As I just want to mention, we do have Saturday. So if that ever works for your schedule, uh, that's not full. But there's a lot of space. And so uh, it's one way that we're trying to use a facility uh, for the glory of God, just to show as many people as possible that God would have. So make sure everyone knows there's a Saturday gathering at 5, uh, 5 p.m. So uh, just so as we get started, I'm going to start, start with some basics. Uh, this is a Bible. and We believe this is God's Word. We believe God's spoken to us. Uh, through the Word of God, and it points to to the Son of God, particularly uh, the second person in the Trinity, which is Jesus Christ. God became man and dwelt, dwelt among us. And so that's what the Word of God is about, that we are sinners. Uh, something's gone wrong in the world. Namely, we've rebelled against God and try to live our own lives how we want, and it leads to a lot of brokenness, decay, and the wickedness that we see, a lot A lot of hurt, pain, and suffering in the world that it's hard to say that we've caused a lot of, uh, and we've also been sinned against. And so God came and did something about it. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We actually believe that God who created everything, man, he became, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did something in particular. He lived on mission uh, to deal with our greatest problem, which is sin, the wrath of God that should have been appointed at us. We've committed cosmic treason against God. And, and, and Jesus took uh, on our treason. He took on our sin. He took on our debt at the cross. And he paid not in part but full. And we can be forgiven that we can be, have a reconciled relationship with God. Although we're sinners, we become called sons and daughters of God. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. Nothing that we would deserve. Jesus earned it for us. And we, as you put your faith in like we can have rest and peace and joy because of Jesus. He also not only defended sin, but also, man, he defeated the grave. He rose from the grave. We believe that. And that whoever believes in him, although he died will live, that you will be resurrected because Jesus, defeated death. And he's ascended uh, at the right hand of the Father and we're on mission right now. We believe we have a mission and purpose in the life to spread the gospel, that's good news. Everyone that has breath in the lungs right now needs Jesus. There's no if, ands, and buts, you need Jesus and we wanna tell you about Jesus. And this is why we open the Bible because it tells us the provision of Jesus Christ. And we are passionate about making Jesus known, not only here in this community or our campus or church plants, but all over the world where we want to help Man, plant churches and spread the gospel. Why? Because that's what Jesus said. He says, go make disciples of all nations. And so we believe God at his word. And so I'm saying that. One, it's always good to start with the good news of Jesus Christ. And two, uh, in Erasmonson, we support a guy named Dan James who's launching today. This is in England. And so we want you to know about what God's doing just through this little church that we get to partner with another gospel work in a totally different country. Uh, He was here. Uh, this about three or four months ago. And he's a large man, but he's a gospel beach, beast. I mean, he preaches Jesus. He loves this community. He has a heart. And so we just want to want you to know what God's doing in the world. And this is a small, a small glimpse, but he's doing this everywhere. And we get to be a part of that. So when you give, this is a part of it. We, we want you to know that. We want you to pray for him. We're hopefully going to visit him and help him do a VBS. But uh, we just want you to know that's happening today. Uh, and we're grateful to partner with people uh, taking the gospel to the nation. So uh, here, here in James uh, chapter 4, the, the sermon uh, uh, thrust, or I, don't know, I don't know if it's the title or not, but certainly the thrust is found in verse 14 for me. Um, he asks this question, James does, what is your life? It's a really good question, what is your life? So, you know, a statement that you already know, you're here. And God has a question for you from the tax. It's like, what, what is your life? It's actually a question I asked my kids on Fridays as we went to dinner. It's like, hey, what do you think your life is about? Like, why do you think you're going to school? Why do you think you have the friends that you have? Why do you think you do the sports that you, you know, you're doing? What, like, why are you here? It's, I mean, yeah, you got to answer the question. Like, what is your life? What is your life? I don't know if you thought about it this year. A lot of us do think about it with the calendar turn, like a new year, you're like, oh, new me. I, like whatever that reason is, when we think you know, December 31st changes the, the January ones, like, hey, good news, new me's coming. Why? Because a new year. Praise God, we, we get to start the trip around the sun again. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but we think, man, we're going to start some new things. Uh, these are resolutions or goals, and a lot of us have ideas and thoughts like, hey, I, I want to be healthy. This is the year of healthy, Scott, or healthy yourself, or I'm going to be a skinny person, or I'm going to be the strong person. So gym, maybe some food modifications. Uh, maybe you're like, this is the year that I'm going to start saving some money. Like, that, that'd be good. I have a savings account, maybe a retirement account. Maybe this is a year that you retire. Like, this is my retirement year. That way I can get on with my life, what I really want to do with my life. Some, some of you are thinking, like, this is, this is the year of me time. Well, what I mean by that is free time. Like, you think, oh, I need some more free time. And usually that's just, I just want some time to myself, away from others. Some of you are like, I just need a new hobby because you're bored, right? He's like I'm, I, I need something to spice up my life, so I'm going to, you know, take up golf or something. That'd be the worst thing for me. But it, it, you know something that you would like to do, think about that. Some of you are thinking, I need a new relationship. A new relationship, if I could just find that significant other, maybe I could start a family. Maybe if it's I could just change my relationship. Maybe if I could start a new job, a new location, a new, new venture, maybe you're a business person. For me, I like adventures, like what adventure? I, I like to think about what can I do? To to have some adventure. Now, what that tells me is that we always do this. It's like we're we're not satisfied of where we're at in life to some degree. I think we'd all like, kind of concede that we're not satisfied, and that's why I was saying if I if I could do some different things, maybe I find some 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 meaning or satisfaction or, or significance in these things. Now, what I think we're searching for is that what is life? What am I doing here? I'm looking for worth. If I can if I can have Achieve something new or, or, or get, get some more money. Maybe make him prove I'm worth something. Maybe if I get a new relationship, I can find that respect that intimacy, that, that acceptance that I'm looking for if you think you can retire or get that that get more free time, maybe you're looking for that independence that you so desperately think is going to bring more more joy to your life or maybe we are just a glory grasp like, like I got to do something great because I only got a certain amount of time and this every every year is just kind of chipping away like I, I'm, I'm losing it. And so we have these desires and I think this this boasting about tomorrow is, is really going to hit home for us and it's certainly ministered to me throughout throughout the week. So verse 13, it gives us a case study of business. It's a case study of business, and I would say it's an aggressive, presumptuous case study of of a person who wants to make a profit. So what's, what's what it says in verse 13. Here's our case study. Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. So what happens here is this is the case study is that, that someone say today or tomorrow we're gonna go to that town, we're gonna make a profit. That's aggressive. I don't know if you've ever started a business but having a profit, the first year is very aggressive. Usually it takes at least three years. You're trying just trying to break even for a while, then eventually profit comes. So this is an aggressive strategy. And what we find out here, it's very clear in verse uh, 16. This is, this is boastful, it's arrogant, and evil. And so I'm gonna read it again. So just read the words that I said. That this is boastful, arrogant, and evil, according to the word of God, the statement. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such town uh, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. The word of God quickly follows this. This is boastful, arrogant, and evil. Now, my question is why? Why is this such a, a evil statement? Well, you got to ask the question, is is God against man making goals? Is, is, is that what it's saying here? And I would argue, no, that's not the point at all. But it's, he's not arguing, he's like, hey, make a plan. Having a plan's bad. Is, is the, the problem uh, a bit, you know, starting a business? Is God against business? That, no, God is not. I'd argue God is the ultimate entrepreneur, so to speak. He created everything out of nothing. Then he stewards all this for us to create for his glory and to bring good to other people. Like God is, is for business and, and creating goods and services, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I did a Bible study on Thursday with a few guys. Like, was he against profit? And I'm like, no, no God's not against making money. Money uh, can be used evilly, but it's not, profit's not evil in itself. here's the issue, and this is my concern about any kind of goals that we would make or resolutions. It's the presumption, you say, here's what I'm going to do. That's it, which is so subtle. You say, you say you're going to do this. So if you look at your life this year, it's like, here's what I'm going to do. That's such an arrogant statement. It's such an arrogant statement that just comes out of our mouths and and, and just, um, it's almost, it is second nature. We don't even notice it. The thought of like I'm self determining in my life, and he calls this. Uh, let's read it in verse sixteen, just so you know I'm not making it up. As it is, you you boast in your arrogance and all such as evil. Now that that's pretty pretty crazy. So um, what why is this why is this so so wrong? Well, I think in saying here's what I'm going to do, it elevates one my abilities. I mean, think about it. What can I actually determine is is, is very, it's actually very low. Like I, I, I couldn't even guarantee I was gonna get up in the morning. Like, But me saying that I'm gonna do all these things is a very arrogant and egotistical uh, point, point to live by. And uh, it's it also overestimates my abilities, which we do all the time. I am shocked by the the ego of my own my own heart and the people I talk to it's like here's here's what I'm gonna do like okay we'll see how that goes and it emphasizes our own self-importance the the me universe everything revolves around me so you if you've been here at any time at the door church you're gonna hear this over and over and I just get nervous because you hear it like you hear it but I don't know if you understand what I'm saying like the root of sin the root of sin is not bad behavior a lot of us think, if I just have just good kids, you know, they don't do bad things. or I do just enough good things, like God be happy with me. That's not, it's not what we're doing here. Like the root of, of sin is this idea that we can be independent from God. That's the root of sin. It's this self-sovereignness. It's this is pride that I don't need God. Now... I'm, what, what I will say, symptoms of sin is certainly bad behavior, and it leads to, that arrogance leads to all kinds of moral decay. But that's not the root. And so if we don't get at the root, man, we're never going to address the symptoms. So what that looks like when I say, here, here's what I'm going to do this year. Here's how I'm going to make this profit. Um, we, we want to do things how we want. And the idea is being a Christian is a whole life, a whole life commitment to Jesus Christ. He is our savior and our king. So what this means is like my whole life comes under submission to Jesus. My marriage, my money, my kids, my time, my life, it's his. You know what extreme arrogance it is to say, you know what, I'm gonna keep this to myself. I'm gonna do, this, do what I want with this. And this is, I think, what a lot of us live our lives. Uh, this, is how, this is how we live, I'm gonna do what I want. And what we expect God to do is we come to church, and it's like, here's what I want, God, I would like to make this much money, I want this health, I'd like to live this long, I'd like to retire this way, here's my plan, and I'll come I'll come sing a few songs, if you just sprinkle some of your little God dust on it, I'll go live on my life, and I'll keep on doing what I'm doing. That's not what we're doing here. This is whole life submission to Jesus Christ, and anything other than that, man, is, is rebellion. And it's wicked, and it causes so many problems. And you're like, you are causing so many problems in your life, saying, here's what I'm going to do. Now, I'll talk about why that is more uh, here in a second. So we are made in the image and likeness of God. So that's what it says in Genesis, that we're your image bearers of God. So what this means is like, we're supposed to display the glories of what God, who God is uh, to the world, and he has what's called the shared attributes or communable attributes of God. God shares some of some of his moral characteristics with us. And this is how we're supposed to image him. In his holiness, and his love, and his kindness, and his mercy, and his patience, and his self-control, his long-suffering. This is what God said. I want you to image my character to the world. This is what we're supposed to do, and we'll talk about how that plays out at the very end. This is our call to show the character and nature of God to others. And now, now what we try to do, instead of, like, I, I very rarely like, I, I don't hear a lot of people saying, I wanna be more loving. That's not usually what you hear as a New Year resolution. It's like, I want more power, more control. I want more, more me time. Now, the incommunicable attributes of God, there's things that God doesn't share with us. That's where all this goes haywire. So what I mean by that, God is creator. And his acidity means he's, he's self existence. That's what we have an issue with. That we don't create ourselves and we don't sustain ourselves, but we'd like to think we do. That's God's and God's alone. And furthermore, God is omnipotent. All that means is he's all powerful. God spoke everything into existence and it's here because he's holding it together. That's God's alone. He controls everything. That's his power and might, something he does not share with us. We, but what do we want? We all want power. We want to be in control. We want to, we want to determine. Like that, that we'll, we'll get more to that. The other one is his uh, his omniscience. That means he he knows everything. It's not like he's learned everything. He's the creator of everything. He's not like having to like do research on it. Like he knows. Why? He's the creator. But we have an issue. Like we want to be all-knowing. Because in our all-knowing, we think we can be sufficient. Uh, we'll talk more more about that and how it plays out here in a second. He is omnipresent. He is he's everywhere. These are things that God does not share with us, but the reason that we are so presumptuous, we try to grab it. We try to grab it. Now, what happens, this is, this is why it's so evil, It's like us trying to be God is not only evil, it's demonic, satanic, why? Because it causes so much pain. You trying to be God not only destroys people around you, it destroys you. It causes so much suffering and pain and hurt in the world and a lot of us can't even see this is true. So I'm gonna give you a list of symptoms uh, that, that I want you to see that maybe you struggle with trying to grasp for power or knowledge or trying to be everything to everyone that you may not be able to, to diagnose just by looking at your life. If these are feelings that you struggle with, these are, these are pointers to you trying to play God. So if you have a great deal of anxiety which is the number one thing I counsel people with besides marriage. Because you have two sinners in a marriage, it, it's hard. That's number one. Number two, close at hand, is anxiety. Like they're so anxious about everything in their life. How's it gonna go? How's my kid's life gonna go? How's my job gonna go? How, we just, we're just like, I can't, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's overwhelming. The other one, uh, a symptom of, of you trying to play God is a lack of rest. Are you exhausted? Are you exhausted? Are you just at the end of the day just 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 spent and like they just almost to the point of despair? Is there angst? Is there is there is there a despair in your life? Is there um, is there just a lack of peace, a lack of peace and contentment? Now, here's how we try to take the place of God. This. Omnipotence. So what we do is try to take God's place and try to control life. And if we're omnipotent, we can be all powerful. That means we can control our environments. We can control our environments. So how we try to do this is we manipulate. We'll manipulate people. We'll withhold information. We'll say information that we want people to know. We'll tell stories. We'll spin things to try to get what we want. That's a a form of control uh, and us trying to be uh, omnipotent. We try to scheme We try to grab power, never give it away. We will oppress, we'll gossip. If we can gossip about someone, they'll think less of them, they'll think more of us. We'll belittle. This is all of us trying to be God. We want to control people's opinions, thoughts, environments, our lives, our work environments, our kids. Um, Lord knows I I want to be omnipotent to my kids. I want to control everything about it, and it's sin. Um, Furthermore, uh, omniscient. This is all knowing. and Some of us don't even know that we struggle. So we live in an information age, that we think the more the more, if we just know more, we will be all right. This is a lie. You cannot be God. You cannot know everything. I remember when I first got into ministry, I was so overwhelmed by being in the ministry. You know why? Because I don't know everything. And so, someone was someone asked me a question about the Bible. I don't even know was in there. Like what if they were, what if they quote a verse. I'm like, oh, where's that at? You know? Or was someone came with an argument? that I didn't even heard of. Like, There's a theology or a, a, a doctrine, I'm like, and so every time I go in, I, was, I read so much, and it wasn't in a good way. It was trying to be all knowings, so no one would think lesser, lesser of me. And so I had no rest. Every single moment I was reading a blog or a book or some position. Why, because I was trying to be God. It's okay to say, I don't know. Furthermore, man, <laughs> so many of us and I, I care about you, I say this nicely, you're going so, down so many rabbit trails of conspiracies. You will not know. You're not God. You'll never know. And I'm gonna talk to you, You know, if you're trying to get a job, I talk to so many people that are so overwhelmed, do I do this job or this job or that job or how do I do this? You're so overwhelmed by analyzing uh, this kind of, this analysis by paralysis. You will not know. What I can say is pray about it, do I have the ability? Do I want to do it? Is there an opportunity? Take a, take a leap of faith. God is sovereign. He'll stop you if you don't want you there. You don't have to overthink it. You won't know. You can't know. You're not God. You do not know how your life can play out. I'm not, I'm not saying not, don't be a learner, but th- that's not our issue. Um, I also see this with parenting, and I'm going to try to be gentle, but moms in particular. They want to control they, I mean, they think if they give the, their kids the wrong food or the wrong education or the wrong vaccine, or, and I'm not, I'm not trying to step on your toes, you can't know everything. And your one wrong decision is not, your, house, your, your life is not a house of cards where it's all gonna fold. You, you can rest, dear child, not being God and let God be God. Do you, do you hear, do you hear the, the, the sin nature of just trying to know everything? You cannot, you will not. Then the um, omnipresent is, a lot of us like, well, that's the one I don't struggle with, and I'd argue, you probably do, you probably do. Look at your calendar. Who do you say no to? Like, what is your priorities in life? Do you have a priority in life? Like, you know, priority to your spouse, your kids, your work, you can't say yes to everyone. You can't be all things to all people at all times, you just can't, but so many of us can't say no. You gotta have margin. You, you, got, you got to understand that, that only God can be God. Maybe this, this is a time where you can just not be everywhere. Because a lot of, so just so you know, this is something I struggle with. I, one, I want everyone to like me, so I try to meet with everyone I can, and, but I can't, can't always meet with everyone. I'm not, I'm not even trying to like, try to like, I'm not trying to say I'm special, I, you can't either. And what I get nervous about, which sounds even weirder, is if my kids miss any sporting activity. Like, I, I, I kinda of have borderline huge anxiety. Like, if they don't go to that tournament, if they don't get in that, 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 that avenue, everything's, everything's done. Like, we have to be there. And I'm gonna tell you, you don't. You don't have to be there. You can rest. And I actually thank God for the job that I have, because you know what, I have to say no. Sundays, I'm here. Saturdays, I'm here a lot. That makes me say no. And you know what, I don't know what I'd say if I wasn't a pastor. So good luck, but you need to know that. You can say no. Like, take a deep breath, right? You can't be at all places, but I do know you probably need to be here hearing the word of God, all right? So he, here's what this leads. So those are symptoms. I guarantee we all struggle with this to, to some degree. Now, what this leads to, this condition, is complete despair. It does, because you, you're, you, you're not God. You don't, you don't have the power. You don't have the knowledge. You can't be able. You cannot be God, and this will leave you to complete despair and on the verge of breakdown. It just, you just can't do it, and honestly, it leads to a constipated life, and I say that the best way possible, because if you're so anxious about everything, you know what you're going to fail to do is nothing. You're just going to be so fearful of making say You're just going to do nothing, and that's not how God calls us to live. Um, there's, there's another extreme that leads to not only despair and just fear, but extreme pride, and so there's some of us in here that think they're crushing it, and I just, you're not. If, if your life is going well, it's because of the grace of God. You just, you need to hear that, and you need to hear that because you need to rest. There's so many people that I, I see that are financially successful or creating business, or whatever it is, and you know what? They look like, they, they're every time I see them, they're on the verge of breakdown and burnout. Why, because they think they're the ones keeping everything going. It's like, you, you need to rest like you, you you think you're doing way too much that's why god gave us the sabbath like you you're not the one who's doing all this it's a recognition and furthermore there's an extreme pride that you just you think that you somehow have 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 um manipulated your life in such a way that you you've got there so i'll give you a story about a, a college mate and so He's a friend of mine, and is actually it's really sweet. We're in a Bible study, and God was working on him. But he came from two doctors, his mom and a dad, two doctors, very wealthy, right? He went to private school and uh, silver spoon, if you will, sweet kid, right? But he, we are going through. Uh, we went to Abilene Christian, so we're in Abilene. So there's there's actually a lot of homeless people there, and we're in a Bible study. He's like, you know what? I have a lot. I have a hard time with homeless, as we said. When I see them, I just like I, I think they should help themselves. They could get a job, I could do it, they could do it, and he had some contempt for them. And so he, he that's an extreme arrogant compi- uh, uh, position. Now, he, here's why I say that, he's failing to see that he comes from a family, from a mom and dad that stayed married, and they're doctors, and they provided private school education that gave him discipline, that paid full for his school, had connections to get him into medical school, and now he's a doctor. So you kinda like roll back, it's like, how much did you actually do to become a doctor? Well, not, I mean, yeah, he studied, but that's about it. I mean, it was, it was brought to him, and the, under, the lack of gratitude towards God was, it was astonishing, and compassion towards other people. Why? Because he didn't see how God has worked in life. I think we need to see how, how much God is working in life all the time. We're gonna about, I mean, we sing a song after uh, the sermon, just so, he is so faithful to us, and we don't even recognize it. God is so, so faithful to you, in more ways you could ever imagine. I'll, so I'll give you a small example, and it's like infinite degree. So my, my daughter just got her driver's permit, and my wife got like all the forms taken care of, like all of them. Like, and I, there's so many of them, she had like a folder, and I don't even know all of them. And I was like, looking, I was, like what, what are you, <laughs> that's a lot. And, and, and we're stressing out, make sure all the right forms, she read a lot. She got her driver's permit. I'm, I'm like looking at, at my daughter, and I was like, hey Kate, you need to say thank you to your mom you know how much he's done for you just to get you here? And I, like on way more infinite degree, you don't know how much God is doing for you all the time. All the time. And we never say, hey, just thank you. God, it's you the one that's doing this. And it's just that, that humility to see who's actually doing what. So this is the problem. What is the solution? This text is so sweet. Number one, it says this in verse uh, 14. Verse 14, it says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you, for you are a mist that appears, what, for a little time and then vanishes. That seems like a scary, scary verse. I don't know how you take it, but it's actually an amazing, comforting verse. It says you're a mist, a little while, then gone. So if you woke up early this morning, you walked outside, it was cold, you breathed out, you froze your breath, and then it was gone. That, 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 basically, that's our life. That brief, according to eternity. It's, it's that. Now. That can be overwhelming, but honestly, that's super comforting. Well, here's why, because Psalm 90, verse 12 says this. So teach us to number our days so that we can get a heart of wisdom. I, I, I struggle with anxiety at points where I don't see how good God is. I, just, I, mean, I think we all do. Uh, and what I get nervous about, like, what if I die? What if, what if something goes wrong? What if I can't take care of my wife or my kids? Like, it's overwhelming to think about. Like, I, I have a desire. I don't want to protect them. I want to provide for them, and I can get overwhelmed by it. But what God really ministered to me this week is that God, God just reminded me through this text in his voice, like, you're here right now. What a gift. What that means is God wants you here right now,
1: and I don't deserve that.
0: I, don't have my, I can't control my heart beating. I can't control the breath that I'm breathing. I got, God says, I see you, and I want you here right now. Do you hear how kind that is? How trustworthy God is? The gift of today. Like, we just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like, think about it. The only reason you're here is God wants you here right now. What a gift. Right now, the present is. And we should just slow down and say, man, God, if you're, you want me here today, I'm going to trust you with today. And let tomorrow will worry about itself. Let that temporal let you know that God has a plan for you. Why? Because you have breath in your lungs. Number two, it says in verse 15 this. It says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that as it is you boast in your He says, if the Lord wills. So all these plans are fine, but it's, if the Lord wills. Recognizing with humility, God, you're in control of my life. I'm not in control of my life. And furthermore, while I let off with the gospel, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to hear this. You're not a, a sinner to God, you're a son. And if the Lord wills, it's this idea that he, he is our father. It says in Romans that as we give our life to Christ, the Spirit of God comes out and we cry out, Abba, Father. So the Lord wills. He is good. and He will only do good towards us. And he's saying, we can trust a good, loving Father. Furthermore, Jesus teaches us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's a submission, what? To a good, loving Father. So many of us are so worried about our lives and anxious and fearful. And what God is telling you, He's raising your chin up as a child would, or a father would to a child, like, I got you. I'm here to protect you and provide for you and care for you. Like I'm telling you right now, I would do anything for my kids. And God is a way better father for me. He, dear child, He's looking at you and saying, Man, I got you. You're in the grips of my grace, trust me. Now, furthermore, it dives deeper into that in Matthew six, verse 25, and the, the subtitle is, don't be anxious, but listen what it says. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat or what will you drink, nor about your body? What will you put on? Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more uh, value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life?" He's saying, "You, you can't control it anyway. Verse 28, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will not will he much, not much more clothe you, o, little, o you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God saying, I got you. Your clothes, your food, your life, you're breathing because of me. Then it says this as an action. So we remember, seek first what the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to him or added to you. Here's, here's the problem. If you're in Christ, these promises are for you, dear child. The, prob- the problem is when we get distracted and we don't remember who, who, who Jesus is, he's the king. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. If you seek first the king, you'll, you'll gladly submit to him and see his fatherly love. Our problem is not our life. Our problem is where we're looking. What are we seeking after? When we try to take the, 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 the reins of our life, it gets very shaky. When we look to Jesus as king and who he is and what he's done for us, man, there's rest, there's soul rest, there's peace, there's joy. I'm gonna tell you something. Every time you go to bed and you wake up, you're gonna forget it. That's just how we're wired. Our sin nature, man, we're, we are rebellious people. We're stubborn and stiff-necked. Doesn't mean the spirit of God doesn't li- live in you, but man, every time I wake up, I go, Here, here's what I'm gonna do, and what I need to do is reminded by the word of God, Jesus is king. He is my king. He's the king over this, our He's king over the world. He's king over my family. And I forget. That's why I need the word of God. That's why you need to be here on the weekends. And I'm not like shaming. you. you need. It. I need it. know why? Because I, I forget every single moment that Jesus is king. That's why we open the Bible. He tells us his goodness. This is why we do Bible studies. This is why we're doing that Gospel in the Life program. We want you to remember Jesus is king. You need to, you need to discipline your hearts to be devoted to Jesus as a king. If not, you will be devoted to something else. It's, you are devoted. It's what you discipline your heart to be devoted to, and this is why spiritual disciplines are so important. It puts you in position to remember who Jesus is. This is why you serve. If you're a member here, we have like three conditions, right? You gotta be giving, you gotta be serving, you gotta be in community. Why? Because these are spiritual disciplines. you know why you serve? 99.9% of the time, you know who you're thinking about? You. That's our default mode. We're, we are so me-centric. Serving allows us like, oh yeah, it's actually not about me. Now, someone's like, well, I don't have time. That's a lie. Did you know that we all have the same amount of time? That's actually true, right? Now what you do with your time is completely up to you. Now you're maybe more selfish with your time and that's tough to reconcile, right? So considering other people takes time that Jesus is king and you are not. That's why we serve. It's a moment where you can practice the mind of Jesus Christ according to Philippians. Furthermore, you know why you give? It's not because God needs your money, he owns it all. You give, why? Because just recognize who's that money come from? God. It does come from God. And he goes, you wanna know where your heart's at? Follow your money. Jesus talks about money a ton, know why? Because it reveals your heart. You discipline your heart to give, to recognize that he's the giver of all the good gifts that you have. If you're not giving, you can can say what you want. Word of God says something different. You gotta discipline your heart to trust the Lord. You need to be in community. You need to know others and allow them to know you, to bring accountability to your life, to confess sin, to be encouraged in prayer, to bear one another's burdens. These are spiritual disciplines to remember what? Jesus is king. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And actually, if we do that, man, there'll be great rest for our soul to remember, man, it's his will that we're actually concerned about, not our own. Now, the last thing I'll, I'll close with is verse 17 seems uh, a little bit out of place. Um, unfortunately, I... I closed my Bible. There it is. Uh, 17, it's like, where, how'd this get in here? It's actually the whole, I think it's like the pinnacle of actually everything. It says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him and his sin. It seems a little odd. And it's like, hey, you're doing all this. Like, what, what what I believe James is saying here through or God's saying through James here is like, God has given you this moment right now. Praise God for him. It's if the Lord wills it. You're right where He's you're right where you He wants you right now. And He says and whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him to sin. Like, God has something for you to do today that only you can do today. Like, you can't do tomorrow, tomorrow. you got to only do today, today. And you say, do what's right, right in front of you. So what does that mean? If we're supposed to bring the love, the compassion, the kindness, the mercy to others around us, that's what we're called to do today. There's people all around that God's saying, I want you to serve and to love and to show, show my character, my kindness to you. And I'm telling you, this leads to an extraordinary life. Extraordinary, joyful, peaceful life. To take advantage of the moment right now. Look at your spouse, look at your kids, look at your neighbor, the barista, and see them. As the image bears are, that need to be loved. And he's calling you to be a minister of reconciliation. What is your life? That's your life. And you start doing that every single day. It leads to that ordinary life that's loving people. leads to an extraordinary life. This is what it says in Micah 6, 8. It says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk home with your God. It's that simple. You want to walk with God? You mean, to do justice. Do what's right. To the people right in front of you, to love kindness. Another way to say it, and I'll, go, I'll close here in a second. God is working right now in your life, in, in your, not only your life, but the people around you. And he's saying, you can be a part of that. You can be a part of bringing the love and justice and kindness of Christ to others today. And it's such, it's such a joy, like open your eyes. Open your eyes to the people around you that God has called you to love and to serve. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before him that we should walk in. My favorite verse, it's my life verse. Why? Because you know, we are his workmanship, which is great news for me and you. Like honestly, yeah, I don't know a better word to say. I'm a spare. I've messed up my life more than I'd like to, to admit. But the good news is Jesus. He's the good news. It's about what he's done, not what I've done. And he's given me a new name and it's Son. He's given me a new a new spirit and I belong to him, a new desire, which is to love him, to love others. I'm so grateful for that. I'm his workmanship and listen, he's he's Created works for me to walk in before I was even born. Do you know how freeing that is? I don't got to worry about next year, ten years from now. I'm, I'm just God has something to do today. That He said, man, before you were born, I created you to do it, and I can just walk by faith and do it. I love that verse. You, know, the stressors of life, I man, just kind of weighing away, and the joy and purpose of life just is, it goes through the roof. Why? Because it's Scott, I have something for you today that only you can do that I'm allowing you to participate in. You know how personal that is and joyful it is and peaceful it is? What I'd what I long for you to do is to personalize that verse. Whatever your name is and say, man, you're, you're my workmanship and I've created you to do these works. Man, for, for my name but other people's good and that's a joyful way to live. And this is the opposite not boasting in self, but boasting in the Lord. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd help us see just how prideful we are, not in shame, but in a conviction to confess it, to run to you as Jesus is your Lord. And that we would find forgiveness and hope, but we'd understand today is a gift that you want us here. Why? Because we have breath in our lungs. We're so, I pray that we'd have an attitude of gratitude and just we'd count our blessings and that we would trust you with our lives. God, I pray that we'd understand that we are yours and we're gripped by your grace and that we can see you as a good loving father It says that you've given us your son. How will you not give us all things that we can just continue to surrender to you? Whatever that we think we need to protect, that we just trust you with that, whether that's giving or serving or maybe joining a church or whatever it is, that we just yield to you Jesus. And God, I pray that we would start to seek you, how you've called to seek you, whether it's having a daily plan or just being in community more. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd use us today as you you promised you would in your word. Be instruments of grace to others. Help us open our spiritual eyes to what you are doing all around the world. We love you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.